welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello and welcome to another Flying Solo Podcast. It's terrific to have you all here. Thank you for supporting our little show. If you're listening via iTunes, please leave a short review of the show and don't forget we welcome comments and discussion on Facebook or via the page this show has on Flying Solo. Okay, let me tell you about today's guest. I met Leanne Faulkner at a recent Council of Small Business Australia event, that's COSBOA, where she was named Small Business Champion for 2015. So why did she receive this accolade? Well, in 2004, Leanne started Billy Goat Soap, a range of cosmetics created using goat's milk, and over the next eight years, she grew it from a kitchen enterprise to a household brand sold in over 2,000 stores. Along the way, she picked up a swag of business awards, including Supplier of the Year, General Cosmetics, from Myers in 2010. And this has nothing to do with her big night at Cosbo. In 2011, everything Leanne had created, including herself, fell apart. She was diagnosed with situational depression triggered by extreme work pressures and was simply unable to work. She sold the business in 2012. Today, Leanne devotes her time to supporting other small businesses struggling with anxiety and depression. She's an ardent campaigner for this largely overlooked group and thanks to her extraordinary talents at Rattling Cages, has succeeded in co-creating a research project with Beyond Blue in the hope of introducing programs specifically targeted at small business. We're getting behind this work too, so you can expect to see much more of Leanne Faulkner around flying solo. Our topic is how a breakdown led to a breakthrough. Hello Leanne, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Robert. Thank you so much for having me. Well, look, it's it's a pleasure to be talking with you. And uh, I remember when I met you just a few short weeks ago, um, your story uh, shook me, and um, and I'm sure it will a number of people today. And uh, congratulations again on that award from from Cosbo, Small Business Champion for 2015. I've no idea what it means, but my goodness, it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was. Uh, look, it, it was an absolute honour, and I'm I'm so humbled to have been thought of for the award. And I think Cosboa do a fantastic job in the small business sector, and um, and it was just a, an incredible honour. Well, it's, it's terrific, and as I say, so deserved. And it's interesting because uh, dear dear Peter Strong, who we both know, um, you know, one of the head guys, obviously at Cosboa. Uh, the chairman there is, uh, he's been saying to me for ages, you've got to meet Leanne Fault, you've got to meet Leanne Fault. So <laughs> I'm very pleased that I have. So look, let's let's wind the clock back, if that's okay with you, if it's not of course. too painful for you. Let's go back to perhaps a bit of a snapshot of your business. So Billy Goat Soap, you know, I remember it. I remember when you, not, not when you launched, but a little way in, I remember reading some of the publicity you got. Mm. You know, things were going really well. What was what what was that kind of like when it's absolutely at its peak? 
Yeah, look, things were going um, very, very well for us. We had um, a significant growth year on year, incredible growth um, with the sales of our business, with our revenue and um, and we were growing our team. Um, our Billy Goat team was growing. We had people in working um, in production. We were doing incredible things with what had traditionally been a cottage-based type industry and, mm. and we were making that type of product um, – um, nationally and internationally available and there was such a buzz in the air around that. Uh, we had, as you mentioned, um, had been awarded the Maya Supplier of the Year. We'd worked so hard in um, in department stores that, um, that that was just an absolute thrill and uh, we loved being a part of, of that sector of the market. We had actually been awarded the President's Prize of from the New South Wales Business Chamber <laughs> at around the same time for Business of the Year um, and we had won the Small Business Excellence Award mm. from the Chamber at the same time. Um, we'd won some local awards here because we're based on the coast of New South Wales and, um, and we had an incredible um, consumer following. Uh, the people who use Billy Goat Soap, I think, felt connected to the product and we yep. felt connected to them. So we had overwhelming community support mm. and, and you built a great personality around the brand you know that's that's the thing i remember about it yeah i, I think we were just really authentic and genuine about mm. what we were doing and what we were trying to achieve and i think everyone who um who was part of that billy goat story believed in billy goat you know yeah. we, we just all really were so committed and we'd had quite a lot of media around the brand and the story because of starting from home and with my own goats and with my boy liam and so we'd had quite a lot of media attention about the growth of the business and people were really wanting to know, you know, mm. how, how are we going and what were we doing? In fact, A Current Affair did um, three different stories about <laughs> Billy Goat over the course of a few years simply because their, um, their viewer response to the story initially had been so positive that they wanted to keep people updated about the business and where we were at and it was just lovely. Fantastic. You know, it, it was beautiful. Well, look, so, and, um, you know, I know you, you, you live right next to a, a gorgeous expanse of water, so you must have felt like you were kind of walking on it for a while there, you know, every, everything <laughs> going beautifully. And then when did you notice, when did you notice that things were starting to, you know, wheels were starting to get a bit wobbly personally? What, what were the symptoms? Uh, well, I, I guess I can't really recount that without um, telling you a little bit about what was going on in the business because okay. I think at the time... Um, I was completely immersed in the business. So I was working, you know, as we all do in small business, quite often I was working ridiculous hours and my husband was home looking after the kids and um, thank he was just incredible. But um, what was happening was um, sales were slowing for us. Um, the GFC was, you know, still rippling through the economy. Um, you may re recall that around that time, retailing had really bottomed out. Yep. And in fact, where we had put a lot of our eggs, which was in the department store basket, uh, in particular, if you were to break down the retail sectors, the department stores really weren't getting the traffic that they were expecting. Um, and a lot of the forecasts that we had in place for sales just simply were not being realised. And I was beginning to feel that that obviously was my fault. Right, okay. um, 
I had tried every lever I could think of, marketing, product positioning, um, greater um, channel, a whole range of things to do with um, saving our sales and nothing seemed to be working. Mm. So, of course, as the business slowed, I just began to feel that I was a failure. And um, So the whole kind of massive disruption that was going on within the world of retail Leanne Faulkner decided it was her fault. Yes, it was clearly okay. my fault. You know, even, you know, a decision about a line to keep, if I'd kept a product line for longer than, than I probably should have, you know, I may have, I should have deleted a particular scent sooner or whatever it happened to be, it was, the world turned and it was my fault, really. Okay. So, um, so that's was was where my head was at at the time. Um, the way it manifested in my in myself and in my behaviour was um, I was increasingly feeling powerless. However, at the same time, I was obsessed with work. So I lived that brand 24-7. When I came home, I didn't have any real present conversations at that time, I don't think, with my children because in the back of my mind, I would always be thinking about something else I might be able to do at work, something mm. I could do for Billy Goat. Can I just stop you there for a sec? At that point, how many people in your business and how many children in your home? Um, well, I had – the business went up and down. So, you know, in very busy times, we'd have, say, maybe – well, around about 20 people, but a lot of okay. those would be casuals in terms of orders, so depending on demand, um, but a stable group of about probably about 10 of us or so, 10 or 12, okay. I guess. And at home, um, John and I have um, two children um, that – back then were 11 and 10, 10 and 11, and then we've got three older stepchildren, or I've got okay. three step, John's got three, um, who come and go. So Okay. Um, so busy, you're surrounded by a lot of people that were, yeah. you know, making um, demands of you in any shape or form, but you're saying you, particularly when you got home, you acknowledged that you weren't really present because you were just so busy in your that's head right. with what was going on with your business. Um, that's exactly right. Mm. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I couldn't sleep. Um, I, and if I went to bed, I'd have a racing heart. Um, I'd, and if I slept, it'd be probably for a couple of hours because my mind would never stop, just never stop. I got to the stage where I would be driving to work in tears and mm. I would sit outside my office and um, try and reapply my makeup and tell myself it's just a bad day, you'll be okay, just get in there and smile and, and you'll be right. Once you start, you'll be right. Uh, reapply my makeup, go in and smile with, to, to everyone, say good morning and then go into my office, close the door and have another good cry. Mm. Um, we'd have meetings, you know, with my sales manager and marketing manager and we'd have um, weekly meetings talking about, you know, what we were doing in terms of the business um, for that week. And there would be times there where I would just get up and leave. I right. would say nothing to anyone. I'd just pick up my bag, go and get in my car and go and sit down on the lake somewhere and not go back to work. Mm. And I can remember I would see the look on people's faces. It would be like, where is she going? Mm. And, Look, and Looking back on that now, do you – surely some people, those people close to you in your business must have had an idea what was going on. Oh, I think that they did. They're, they're just so um, they're very kind, loving people who really just um, wanted to um, 
care for me in the best way that they knew how. And I guess when when it's the boss, like I own the business, Mm. so it's kind of a bit hard, I guess, to really be saying to the boss, hey, listen. What's happening? Yeah, Mm. what's going on? Okay, let me just ask you before you go on there as well. When you look back on this now, a few years later, um, I mean, at the time, it presumably, you know, the re- one of the reasons you started really kind of being very hard on yourself was that you thought everything was was kind of heading south. You thought it was all your fault. When you kind of look back on it now, um, do you do you look at it and think, well, obviously, uh, I'm assuming you look back on it and go, so much of of what you were thinking was just not the truth is that is that right do you look at it and go it wasn't like you know do you see now that um what you were feeling is is not really what was happening uh yes uh look the objective um the objective self um i i know that completely now and i'm i'm so i'm i'm so separate from it now and proud about that mm. um that i can see that a lot of those thoughts were, were so unrealistic. Um, but I have to be honest with you and say that there's a, there's a tiny part of me that still carries that bag of guilt in some way. Mm. But the difference is I've actually learnt how to um, how to manage that and care for that. Yep. So um, I don't. You know, I, yeah, I, I think it's a work in progress. To yeah, be okay. honest, and look, and I and I don't. Um, I'm going to sort of ask the question, which is, um, you know, it just just tell me to shut up if it's not the right time to do it. But you know, I like to kind of um, where we can turn this into some actions that people listening can 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 take. You know, so if somebody's if somebody's listening to this now and they're thinking. Well, you know, maybe maybe I'm on the warm-up lap to some of this. You know, maybe I'm not sleeping so well. Maybe I'm worrying a bit about this. What do you? What would you say to that person? Um, I, I'd say the very first thing is to get brave and um, go and talk to somebody. Okay. Uh, it may be your doctor, or it may be your counselor, a counselor. Um, but I think you know, if you start having one too many bad days, quote unquote. Mm. Um, then that's probably a signal that it's time to just, you know, go and explore what's going on okay. there. So basically don't hesitate, don't no, wait. No, no uh, you know, I spent way too many times telling myself that, come on, you can get through this. Uh, you know, the image we have of a... Um, of a entrepreneur or a small business owner is somebody who's resilient, who's mm. tough, who can overcome anything. And I felt so pressured to be in my own head, to be part of that stereotype that of if course. I had to go and talk to someone, then obviously I was a failure. I wasn't any of those things. And it must have been exaggerated so much, that's that feeling, given that you know, you've had camera crews repeatedly standing next to you saying how awesome you are. Yeah. You know, and you for you to be sitting there, there sort of sobbing at the side of the road in your car uh, is such a contradiction to that it must have been absolutely horrific yes. for you and in fact I was regularly asked to go and speak at events and oh. I would love to do that but when I was at that stage I actually said to um, my team just can you go you go oh. I'm not doing it I just couldn't couldn't do that mm. so so how long did this kind of period run for how long did you grit your teeth uh, how um, long before you were brave enough to go and talk to somebody? Um, probably a good 
say for for about four months or so. I got to the stage it was March around about March of 2011 where I was no longer able to go into work. So, and that's when I I went and spoke to somebody and I actually did a, a program out of the University of Tasmania as well and that helped a lot. So. Mm. Okay, so you you took some steps, and what what was your what was it like for your husband at this time? I mean, in those four months. I mean, it must. Yeah, what was look, going on there? I am I am truly married to the best man <laughs> that's ever been put on this earth. Um, he's just been so incredible. He has um, a counselling background, and he also right. has a small business background. So he sh- has shared the journey with me throughout and I think that that's been a key for me too was um, at all times I never felt like I couldn't talk to John about what was going on for right. me. So I can't even imagine what it would be like for somebody who um, perhaps felt pressure from a partner to be saying everything was okay when, when, they, when it wasn't and I was mm. able to have full disclosure with him and feel comfortable with that but I got to the stage where um, I had said to John why don't we just close up why don't why don't I just close the doors and that's when John had said look before we get to that point um, how about we swap roles and um, you can be at home and and I'll go to the business so I actually I guess effectively resigned from the business and John uh, went in and did that and I was very lucky to have somebody so incredibly supportive and understanding and capable of course well look Um, I mean and that's a pretty extraordinary circumstance so there's your your 10 or 20 staff one day it's Leanne the next day it's it's John so yeah and it says a lot obviously about how you'd structure the business that you could do that yeah because a lot a lot of businesses couldn't but just going back to the other point that you said then so your first point to anybody who's perhaps starting to feel any of these symptoms is you know just go and talk to somebody and and maybe at the end we can talk about where where would be a good place to go to talk to people you you had your own sort of pocket counselor in john which i'm sure um was was extraordinarily helpful and it's john your husband and and father of your children not perhaps not quite uh, far enough away from you as as was proved to be sort of totally beneficial yeah that's correct. I, I had I had um, two th- two things that I did. I had a uh, went to a local counsellor, um, and I had weekly meetings with that counsellor. And in fact, I had seen a couple of counsellors before I found somebody that I felt comfortable with. Mm. And I would um, suggest that too. If you're sp- seeing someone and you're leaving that meeting feeling no better or no different, yep. then you need to go see somebody else. Um, okay. Because that really compounded my issues around failure initially, whereas I would see someone feel dreadful through that meeting, leave and think, oh, I must be really bad because this person just can't fix me in any way. <laughs> it wasn't until I actually went and saw somebody else. Um, so it's important to find a fit when yeah. it comes to a counsellor. And I also did a program, which is in fact now on um, – the Heads Up um, website called yep. Business in Mind. And, yes, uh, I've that seen That's the Tasmanian one, isn't it? Yeah, yep. that time that was being facilitated by Dr. Angela Martin, who wrote the program with the University of Tasmania, directly with her. And um, that, that program ac- actually helped me a lot. And Angela and I have become friends as a result. So. Fantastic. And that's headsup.org.au, uh, I think. Is that's that right? It, yes. Yeah, heads, okay, good. 
All right. So now look, the 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 process, this process that you went through, um, as as ghastly and and uh, confronting for you and your family as it was, um, you somehow managed to get to the point where you you sold the business. So you, you extricated yourself from the business, and uh, I mean, what was that process like? Well. Um uh, that was hard, actually. I have to say this, you know, as a small business person, there are so many people that are connected to you and the decisions that you make. And so for me, it was extremely painful because um, I had employees, I had suppliers, I had shareholders, I had um, all of our, John and I, all of our, um, everything we owned was really invested in in Billy Goat. And so that was very, very hard because um, we certainly, it, it wasn't an easy decision to make um, representing any of those stakeholders. So um, that, that was quite tough, I have to say. But um, for the brand to be able to go on um, and um, for us to be able to make some really strong authentic decisions then that that was the decision that had to be made and um and we did that so and where were you at that point i mean sort of in your mind oh, I'm back what, at work. okay so and how were you feeling on a sort of you know scale of one to ten where oh. were you back to Look, I was probably, I was certainly back on my way to recovery. So I was probably okay. sitting at about a maybe a six or a seven. But okay. what was really interesting, Robert, is, and there's nothing out there about this, was I actually couldn't work for about three months or so. I was not able to. And when I went back to work, I guess I wrote my own re return to work program where I just did it casually to start off with. Um, I didn't go back and sit in my office. Um, I sat at, um, at one of our telesales desks mm. outside my office. In fact, my marketing manager had moved into my office um, with all of her material. Right. And um, she'd said to me, do you want your office? I said, no, actually, I don't. <laughs> and for my team um, who had carried on so incredibly without me there with John, yep. it was a huge adjustment for them to have me back. Mm, of course it um, was. And so to try and work out, well, how when you're a business owner and you're not able to work, how do you cope with that um, transition when you do come back to work? You know, because really, I guess I've got to drive that program myself as the owner. So yeah. So you. So you. That's fascinating. So you created your own kind of back to work strategy by the sounds of it. Yeah, I and did. Is that then part of uh, where you think the this research work that you're doing with Beyond Blue is that? where that may sort of culminate, do you think? Is that what you'd like to see, these kind of tools available for people? It's like, okay, you've you've been through X, Y, Z. Here's what you need to do. One thing you need to do is create your back-to-work strategy. Is that what you hope will be a, an outcome of that work? Uh, absolutely, mm. absolutely. I hope that that's definitely part of it because um, at the moment there's really no, there's no information out there about how do you do it when you're an owner of mm. the business. So, well, and a small business, you know. Of course. Let, let's maybe just have a look at that for a moment. What's your, and I know this is early stages, your, your, your work with uh, Beyond Blue and su supported very strongly by the lovely people at Cosbo as well. What what do you envisage? What would you like to see? You know, a year from now, with as a, as as a, a sort of products of of that work. 
Uh, I'd like to see um, resources developed with material information, um, you know, um, support network that speaks to the language of a small business owner. Um, I think we can often feel because there are so many people connected to us and the decisions that we make that the pressure to be to perform is can be intense and we have special needs and I'd like to see any material produced recognise um, the, the challenges that face small business owners. So I'd like it to talk specifically to us. Um, I, ideally down the track what I'd really like to have is, um, is a support line um, to do with mental health supporting small businesses in the area where you can just pick up the phone and, mm. and speak to someone who really understands um, small business needs. Um, and I'd like to see um, a, a support service in place where if I'm struggling with my business, um, then I can go there and, and learn more about how I might talk to my spouse about, you know, how um, business um, impacts our relationship and what that might mean, where I can um, get help from the tax office and figure out... Yep. You know, is it safe for me to call the tax man or am I going to red flag my business by doing that? So how do I have honest mental health conversations? Um, other resources, um, you know, perhaps my business is ending and I need to get a job, but maybe I haven't actually been an employee for 15 years. Mm. How do I go how and apply for a job? Yeah, yeah, how do I do that as a small business person? So all of those things, I think um, we really, I'd like to see all of those resources made available so that, you know, we can, we can um, keep, keep people going. Of course. And look, hear, hearing you talk through those things, you kind of, on the one, you know, half of me is thinking, my goodness, this is astonishing. Well, most of me is thinking, what well, this is astonishing work you're doing. Another little part of me is going, really, don't these exist? Isn't that there already? Isn't that there now? Um, clearly, what you're saying, it isn't. I mean, we know we've got support lines. We can ring up Beyond Blue. We can ring up other organisations. Yep. But what you're saying is that's that's really not enough. What we need is, is as small business owners, as, as in many cases, home-based business owners, people that are working in a very confined situations where they're taking on so much of the the pressure themselves as you did even when you're surrounded by 20 people you're still you took it all on yourself you yeah. put all the pressure on yourself so what you're saying is is we need this purely for or specifically for small business and i think the scenarios that you painted there you know what if you do have to go and get a job as you say i could I personally i can't imagine trying to get a job so i would be you know laughable to, to, to try and get a job anywhere but yes i can see that one would need to mm. and you know having those um guidance to do that is is just essential it seems yeah, and I think, you know, as you and I are doing now, I just think we need to have more conversations about this generally. I think we need to just try, you know, I, I love the inspirational stories. I really do. I don't think I would have gone into business if I hadn't aspired to be, you mm. know, a successful small business person. But at the same time, I think we need to keep it real. Um, yes, yes. And we need to be telling those stories. I'd like to see a lot more of those stories out there. Oh, look, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think um, uh, particularly your comment there about keeping it real. And, you know, we can go through, it's easy to go through a day looking at lots of smiling, beautiful people on Facebook and, um, and just thinking that everything's rosy. Mm. But then if you're feeling a bit bleak yourself, that, that's not helpful. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's exactly we need right. Somewhere. So let's, a couple of other things. What are the, 
you know, you talked obviously about John and and his role and uh, the terrific counselling work that you got to, particularly after you'd spoken to a couple of counsellors and found a good fit. What else was, was there? Anything else that particularly got you through that period? Looking yes. back on it now, what was that? Yeah, there are things that I do now that um, that help me to um, stay feeling good about myself, and um, those things are um, I um, I walk. Pretty much every day I walk, and there are there are many days where I really don't want to walk, right. <laughs> but I just have to take those first few steps, and then I'm okay. So yeah. I, I walk every day, meditate almost every day, and the difference that has made to my mental health has been fantastic. Mm. And initially, I could couldn't do it. You know, I'd sit there with my eyes closed and be thinking about, well, what am I going to cook for dinner tonight? Yeah. <laughs> been there, done that. I can yeah. relate to that one. Okay, so but you walk, you meditate. Meditate. Um, I do um, a community-based um, – I volunteer in a community uh, project yeah. uh, for a local theatre group. So I do the volunteer work around marketing and promotion for them. And, uh, you know, it's it, it sometimes you know, I would read these tips and think, oh, that's pretty corny. I'm too busy to do that. But um, I do it and the difference it makes to my mental health is fantastic. Mm. And then finally, I practice mindful self-compassion and I do that almost every day, which is, um, it's got to do with mindfulness, but it's got to do with um, love for self. Yeah. And so I will say to myself, what you are feeling is not unique to you. We all have suffering. We all have guilt. We all have shame. And and I think thinking about that as a universal emotion um, helps to break down any sense of isolation or um, the focus that I'm obviously failing. I'm not as good as everyone else when, in fact, I'm probably just the same as everybody else. So Mm. Uh, mindful self-compassion definitely has helped me. And that's wonderful. And and again, looking at where we are now, if we went took ourselves back to 2009, let's say before anything was wobbling, do you think that had you got involved in walking, meditation, mindfulness, self compassion, volunteer work, do you think you could have averted what happened? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, and I've I've learnt too that I'm I'm not the business, so I am not the business. Um, and the business can fail, and so many of them do. Um, mm. But that doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Um, and I've learnt that, and I wish I'd learnt that. I knew that in 2009. I just I didn't have the time to learn that, and I've I know that now. Mm. And tell me, this is this this is ever such a slightly crass question, but you know, people say, oh, you know, when you when you have failure, you learn from it, you're stronger. It's a it's a positive thing. What do you would you say? It was great. This thing happened to me. Uh, look, I'd say. 99% of me is thankful for having a breakdown right. because I am a much better person. And I'm, I'm hesitant sometimes to say that because it makes me sound like I was an ogre beforehand, <laughs> but I wasn't. Right. <laughs> I think I was a nice person beforehand, but I'm a much more present person and peaceful person. Um, and if I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't have got to this point. And 1% of me still um, probably has some sadness and issues around it, which I carry with me, but I care for under mindful self-compassion. So yep. 
and I'm quite comfortable with that. You know, I, I think it is, it's probably a bit naive to say, oh, you know, we'll all get over it and time's a great healer when for some of us, mm. failure will stay with us forever and that's actually okay. Yes, okay. that's, that's a great uh, realisation, isn't it? To be able, yes. for you to be able to articulate that like that. And um, I, I'm dying to know, how are you keeping food on the table now then? That business is not there. Um, what's is John working 24 hours, 24 yeah, hours yeah, a day? I basically just, <laughs> I've sent John to the coal mines, <laughs> <laughs> which is what he's gladly doing. So right. he's, he does that and, um, and I do um, a bit of consulting. So I'm okay. doing this, this project for Beyond Blue and, um, and, and, you know, I do various consulting work if anybody wants me. So, right. um, and you've simplified your life somewhat. You don't, have, you don't have a staff of 10 or 20 no, anymore. Nobody. Or so, an office, no. And, of course, we had to move house. So um, it's been we've, – we've just got a very simple, beautiful life that yeah. we're very grateful for and we really, you know, I don't have grand things but I don't really want them. So. No. Yeah, it's a great life. We're very good, blessed. Good. Now, look, I must tell people listening that um, you also have a, a blog that was just voted quite recently the top 20 business blogs by Smart Company, and that's at Leanne Faulkner. That's Leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E, Faulkner, F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R.com, LeanneFaulkner.com. Um, so it. people can follow the work that you're doing oh, there. Oh, thank you. Uh, you write some great blog posts. Um, really, really love reading those posts and sincerely look forward to uh, working more closely with you on this on this project as it moves forward and just so so uh, thankful for the work that you're doing. So, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the support of Flying Solo. It's, oh, it's just total pleasure. exciting and I so appreciate it very, very much. Thank oh, you. Great. Well, look, I've got to, I'm not letting you go yet. I've got a final question here. I've got a sure. list of got a list of 20 questions in front of me. You can't see what they are, but I can. I'd just like you to choose so you won't know whether I'm picking the right one. But I will, I will. I'm honest. So 1 to 20, what number would you like to pick? I'm going to Ooh, throw a question at you. Um, it's got to be 18. 18. Okay, mm -hmm. interesting. Interesting because my last guest chose this one as well. What's oh. one thing about you that few people know? Well, you've, you've you told us something that a lot of people know. So what's <laughs> one thing about you that few people know? Oh, gee, one thing about me. Uh, I'm, 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 um, let me think. <laughs> just, you know, I can, I can really let me just talk for a second because you can have a think. I can I tell can. you now, whatever you come up with, the minute we've stopped recording, you'll think, oh, why didn't I say that? <laughs> right, so let's just, let's just agree together that whatever you come up with is not going to be the one that in 10 minutes' time you wish you said. But yeah. I'm coming back okay. to it now. Here it comes, Leanne. What's okay. the one thing about you that few people know? Uh, I was a diehard U2 fan in, in, my, in my youth. There you go. Oh, that's pretty good. And how, how, how did that manifest? Did you, was it um, you know, pictures of Bono? Did you wear orange glasses all the time? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was everything from um, you know, owning every single album and wearing U2 shirts, T-shirts, and um, going to every concert every time they came, um, rewriting the lyrics to songs on you know, whiteboards at school and, and all that stuff. So I was pretty obsessed. There you go. And do you still, do you still follow Bono and, and any, of the, any of the boys today? Or? Well, unfortunately, we've had to part ways. Oh, really? Why? Oh, well, they're changing direction. I, I'm oh. an old school girl, you know, Sunday, bloody Sunday. And 
the original music, okay. and it's just not quite me now. So okay, but if we're if we're wandering around your uh, your your home, might we still hear some of the old YouTube belt, yes. belting out? Yes, yes, you may well. Okay, and is that that's not when you're in the middle of mindfulness, self compassion, or meditation? No. I'm guessing. <laughs> no. Okay. No. <laughs> All right. Well, look, Leanne Faulkner, thank you again so much uh, for joining us. So again, place to go, LeanneFaulkner.com to follow Leanne's blog. Uh, thank you for your time and we look forward to uh, following you and, and to say doing whatever we can to support. So thank you. Thanks, Robert. And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo and your host, Robert Gerrish. We'd love to receive feedback, even a brief review for those listening via iTunes. If you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, check out our bestseller, Flying Solo, How to Go It Alone in Business. It includes everything we know about working on your own. And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 